Okay, cool. I cannot extend how insanely pumped I am finally getting this project off the ground. I've been working on it for a few months and this is episode zero of Unsung Heroes. Kudos actually goes out to Jacob Morov for the, um, the, the tip on the name. I was going to call it something else before, but we finally landed on Unsung Heroes. And I think it's going to be a super strong testament to what this entire uh, chapters of this podcast are going to come into and kind of relate to, especially to the audience that I'm really excited to build. So what is Unsung Heroes? I thought I would take this episode to give some context, explain where this podcast is going to go, and I've thought fairly deeply about what kind of messages I want to convey, what kind of content I want this podcast to uncover, and the the audience that I, I'm very keen to, to attract and build and, and kind of create a voice for. But what does that all mean? And I think it's important for me to start by explaining why this has come about and, and, and why this podcast is so important as a, as a personal project for me and, um, and the foundations that's led to me um, hoping to build this. And it really stems from so many learnings that I took away from my last role um, at Plio. And even before that, just all my experiences jumping around in, you know, five, six startups now since I left UCL in London for my master's in drug discovery and pharma management. And from that experience, you know, I was thinking, God, you know, what am I going to do when I leave uni, go into the pharma route, you know, work for something like GSK, Pfizer and a big pharma. And I was so fortunate to stumble across some entrepreneurs and one of them was, his name was Duncan Cheetle and, and the, the Prelude Supper Club group. And that was my first foray into the startup land and I never looked back since. And I, I love startups, it's definitely a love-hate relationship and I've reflected so carefully now on the experiences that I've gone through and I, I think what's going to happen now with this podcast is going to relate to so many people, genuinely so many people who have done the startup journey or jumping into it now or even considering jumping into it. And the biggest reflection for me on where this is kind of being born out from is that you look on the the scope of all podcasts out there, all major content, you know, YouTube channels or whatever you want that is geared in the startup and, and sort of business space. Most of that content is focused at, you know, founders or business leaders. You know, you look at the the podcasts and, and, and content, it's like, you know, how the founders made it, the founder story, how we got here, you know, why we built this, where we're going. But what I've realized is that there's not much, if any, content that focuses on the employees, like the genuine, you know, this is the employee story. And you look at the ecosystem, 80%, and I don't know the figures, but I would say at least 80% of the working world is full of employees, not founders, not super specific leaders of, of companies. And where's the content? Where's the voice for those people just to relate to and, you know, kind of vibe with and, and spar with in terms of peers? 
And this is going to tap really heavily into that segment. Um, and there's three chapters. And what I wanted to use this episode zero for is to explain them, their reasoning behind why I believe they're strong pillars to start the foundation of where this this tribe that I'm hoping to build will go. And it starts with, you know, the personal experience that I can strongly relate to, because that's where I can really push a foundation from where I relate to experiences that I've been through in my five or six startups. And the first chapter and the next 10 episodes, at least from the Unsung Hero um, podcast, is called The Employee Evangelist. So employee evangelism is something that is not created by me. It exists. I, I, I researched it a little bit before and some people might call it like product evangelism or, you know, uh, people who are doing a bit of personal branding, but it extends much further than this. So when I was at Plio, I, I realized that, you know, something special happened. Plio launched this product that was just insanely well-timed in the market. I mean, things could not have been more perfect. You know, in the UK, for example, these challenger banks were emerging and really becoming a bit more hot and popular like Monzo, Revolut, Starling Bank, Tide. These these guys were becoming very prevalent and people were really beginning to leech onto them and, and get excited by them. But also, you know, the whole space of expenses was so archaic. No one had ever challenged it. You know, there was things like Expensify and other tools and Concur, which are great enterprise and, and, and tools that were not fully solving the problem. They were just kind of like a fix for a component of the whole journey of expenses. And when I stumbled across Plio and I met Yepin and Alan for the first time, um, I remember my first interview with them. This is when Plio was maybe six people. I was like, oh my God. I knew within five seconds, this is going to be so huge and this would be something so amazing to jump onto. So, um, and it was just so obvious, like a card that connects the entire expensing journey, removes employees from having to spend their own hard-earned cash and everyone knows the story. Most early stage or early employees um, and maybe correcting uh, younger employees new to business, you don't get very high salaries. So the buffer in terms of cash to expenses versus salary is not there. And it's really stressful to have to have a job in sales or in any type of role that you're traveling and incurring a lot of expenses without that safety net of savings and, and a buffer of cash. And that alone was just like blew my mind. I was like, can you use company funds in a smart way using a smart card to regulate how much can be spent without imposing a philosophy or a feeling on the employee that they're being micro controlled. And then the whole flow from focusing on the user, the actual card holder to make that experience super seamless and in some senses like enjoyable. And then making the buyer, who was obviously the company's finance team, CFOs, financial controller, so in love with the product too, because it tapped into the biggest pains that they had around collecting receipts, collecting expenses, having to do reimbursements. It was just a perfect storm. And I have so many amazing memories um, and so many amazing experiences from that journey. And that kind of spurred on this feeling uh, in Plio and a lot of people asked me when I was when I was doing my thing in Plio you know 
where are you getting this energy from? Like, you know, you're out there going to events, you know, speaking about the technology, the journey. And, you know, are you being paid to be so present out of work hours and, and travel to the UK constantly and, and meet customers in person and do this above and beyond work when you're not even a founder? And at the time it was like, hmm, I don't even see this. I don't see why this is a weird thing for me to be doing because I was so madly romanticized and in love with the vision, the tech, where we were going, that it didn't feel like work. And I believe a lot of other employees who are super passionate about what they do and the space that they play and operate in, that that's a very common feeling. And this chapter of the podcast is to find those people, you know, find other evangelists who they work in companies because they choose to. They might be very good at what they do and they could be entrepreneurs, but for anyone out there who is an entrepreneur or is a, is a hustler doing both, launching a side hustle, being an entrepreneur is damn tough. And it's scary, it's uncertain, there's a lot of pressure to deliver, to, to pay your payroll for staff. It's horrible, especially now looking at the current climate in Corona. So, I felt this amazing energy and, and that evangelistic feeling like posting on LinkedIn and building a brand around the journey, not necessarily the company, but the journey of what we were doing, the movement we were trying to produce was fascinating. And this podcast and this chapter, The Employee Evangelist, is a, like I said just now, finding people who have done similar things but in a different way, which is unique and authentic to them. Authenticity is so rare, is so priceless to discover and it's also individual people need to find it themselves so for the next 10 episodes and and definitely in episodes with this chapter it's me being very lucky to find people that i've sourced who i think are doing something special they're not necessarily super successful or or not successful but they're building a brand around what they're doing. They're, they're loving what they do. You know, they go to work because they choose to go to work because they want to be part of a brand, want to be part of a company. In theory, they can leave whenever they want and they've built value and they continue to build value around themselves. And that's something very fascinating. And I really want to spread that gospel because more employees really early on in your career for example when you're still learning you know it's, you're not ready for this kind of stuff you need to learn your craft you need to become a master at what you do i think it's very important to consider this in your journey like am i building value directly for myself never forget everyone listening if you're an employee you're just an employee in the end of the day you're not an owner in that company a company like right now during corona times they can let you go. You can get fired. Things can change. Strategies can maneuver. And who bears the brunt of that? It will be the employee. And that's the way business is. And you should never, ever take that personally. But prepare for it. Make sure you're creating value around what you are as a person and what you can do. Because then if you get into a scenario like what's happening right now with coronavirus, you know, you're safe. When you leave that company, you'll get new opportunities. You've created a, a sense of awareness around you, your talent, why you exist, why you, what your philosophy is, and what stance you take in life and in business. And I think that's invaluable. And I really want this chapter of the podcast to show and highlight the stories of people doing something interesting so that you can relate to it as an employee, as a peer. So like, for example, hey, that person went to the same university as me, but wow, we've taken completely different journeys in our career, but maybe I can pick up on some things that they've done, which 
maybe I could test out, maybe I could use. But the important piece here is that it's tangible. Like, tomorrow I can go and test this out to see if I like it. Does it help me get closer to my authentic brand? Or whatever it may be. And there should not be overpressure on performance, on um, finding what that thing is. It should be fun. It should be a journey and it should be part of the process. It shouldn't be the focus. I think a lot of people focus way too much on the end goal and don't goddamn enjoy the journey. And that's where I was super privileged for sure. And for example, Mary Louise and Ida, my, my closest friends and colleagues at Plio, we found that harmony and that was beautiful. And I think that's where I want to share more about those stories during these episodes um, with these fascinating people that I found. So that's kind of episode or chapter one of these um, these episodes of, of the podcast. And it's super focused on like the master content. So all these amazing journeys of individuals and how they've done things, why they've made decisions and them sharing at the end a very tangible tip that anyone listening can take away, try. You know, the salt and pepper approach. I like that, I like this, don't like that. Figure your shit out. Chapter two goes a bit deeper. Um, and this is where I, from observing different people in different startups, I think I found something and I think it's not unique, but it's something that I would love to highlight. You look at the typical startup story, a founder, you know, a co-founder, they have this amazing idea, you know, typically they've actually been working in another company, probably quite senior, or they've really gained a lot of experience, but they're frustrated. It's time to move on. It's time to launch something to to crack the system, crack the status quo. The hardest thing, in my opinion, speaking to founders, when they launch a startup is to hire those first three or four employees. That is a pitch in itself because you need to convince, you know, maybe a top engineer who's on an amazing salary, amazing life, you know, they can probably completely coast because engineers are in so high demand, but you need to sell them on the vision you know, get these people super pumped about, yeah, you know, you know, I'm comfortable, but I really, really goddamn love what you guys are doing or want to achieve. I resonate with it. I want to come on board. I'll be one of your first two or three staff to kind of push this agenda and build something amazing with you from creation to end. And when you get those guys or girls on board, it's like, you know, the journey for them, in my honest opinion, and I'm taking now sitting on the employee side, not the founder side, and as an employee in the first three or four um, of a company, you're taking almost equal or, or very similar risk to a founder. You're getting a massive salary cut, typically. You're getting a small chunk of equity, nowhere near in comparison, typically, to the founders. So the risk-reward, eh, it's not super strong there, but it's 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 kind of fair. And I'm, we're going to get onto the equity conversation later on in the episodes because that's also completely broken in startup land. But then, you know, you might be losing pension. You might be losing loads of benefits that they might be used to, but... No one ever talks about those people's stories, those first three, four, five employees, because let's say, and in a good scenario, the company becomes successful. You start raising cash, you get in the press, tech crunch, whatever those te uh, PR articles start to kind of flood out. Who do they cover? The founders, of course, and rightfully so. They deserve it. They built something. They, they found that team. And, you know, all these people get raved about these founders are amazing they're building a great team 
But where's the press or where's the coverage on the those first three or four employees that built the product that were crunching it out in the same way as the founders that were super heavily involved in blood, sweat and tears and, you know, in six months, oh, God, we're going to run out of money, but don't leave. We're going to make this happen. What's their story? No one has ever focused on them. And I, honest, I honestly believe many founders would be like, hey, you know, I'd love for you to tell that story of my early staff because, yeah, they, they were really soldiers and took on this challenge with us. And just no one's interested in covering that. And I want to use this chapter of the podcast to find what I call those unsung heroes. And these are the faces directly behind the founders. That's kind of like the tagline. And they're hard to find. You know, we're talking about, you know, that first engineer or that first marketeer or that first salesperson that, you know, was in the field doing everything to kind of get success. Um, and I've been able and I will be able to slowly find these people because they're unsung heroes. They're not the kind of people necessarily that want press or want to be covered and, and portrayed as these interesting people. And that's not the point. I don't want to do that. But I do think they have an interesting story. You know, what was it like being the first engineer? How was the transition from where you were into that first experience? How was that equity conversation? You know, when you vested your equity or your warrants and options after four years, you know, where did you find yourself? You know, are you wanting to stay? You know, do you find that the company's grown outside of your, your, your merits and where you want to be and now you want to launch your own thing because you've learned all this knowledge from being so close to the founders? But what is that story? And I think that's going to be so valuable to people that are maybe in more corporate companies or 10, 15 years experience or less. And, you know, they're considering, ah, you know, my time is now like, you know, Corona crisis. You know, I think there's so much opportunity out there to do something amazing. How do you make that leap of faith as an early or if you want to become an early employee, what should you be thinking about? What's valuable lessons to learn from those that have done it before? equity conversations, how to negotiate these things, all these parameters. And I, I'm looking forward personally to learning from these people, you know, those first few people that have been in that journey, and I can relate to that, and, and maybe not as closely, but I can really, I'm super curious to find out those stories. And I really can't wait um, to kind of share that and, and see where that conversation goes as inspiration for future people who are considering that scary jump, especially right now. But also for those, you know, this, I think the common story in most of these successful tech startups with these early staff, they get a bit frustrated after time, a few years pass, things might slow down, strategy might change. And then what happens? They leave and they become founders. They launch their own companies, which niche into something that that company they were in wasn't focusing on. And that's how the ecosystem evolves. And I think that's really interesting. So I can't wait to dive into that as a chapter called The Unsung Hero. And the third chapter is very personal. And this one, I'm going to be honest. I think it's going to be hit or miss. We'll see. And it's called the employee confession. Dramatic music cue right there. Honestly, anyone listening, if you're an employee, I don't care who you are, you've been through a situation or you've had an experience which was just shitty. Maybe it was a crappy negotiation on salary where you got a bit screwed over. Maybe you got screwed over on equity negotiation. Maybe you had a shitty, shitty manager that just didn't focus on you or wasn't there or didn't support and kind of help you grow. Anything. There are so many stories that 
most, if not all, employees must have in their career where, yeah, I got screwed over there and that, that was really painful. That was a rubbish experience. And it really had an impact on my mental health or on my development as an employee and as a career person. I want to find those stories. But, of course, and respectfully, no one's going to share those stories not to burn bridges. I mean, why would you ever risk that? Anyone's smart in business. You just don't do that. It's, it's against the grain. But I think that's bullshit. I think we need to figure out and find these tough stories not to throw negative energy out, but to hear how people negotiated them, how they navigated them, and share some advice and tips to other people that are going through that or about to enter those situations. And that's so valuable because it comes from a peer, another employee who's been through it. But here's how we're going to do it. It's going to be a bit clever. It's going to be anonymous. I'm going to find these people who are open to sharing their stories. We're going to do it fully anonymously. You know, I even joked, and I'm hoping I can do this, but you know those FBI interrogation kind of scenarios on YouTube or whatever where that person's fully blacked out, so you can't see them, you can just see their shadow, and then their voice is a bit muffled or, or distorted? Maybe even playing around with that, just kind of make it kind of a bit more fun, a bit lighthearted, but, but with a very serious tone, because it's a very serious personal thing to share that story. But let's face it, storytelling understanding these things are what people would love to hear because you tell your friends you know your closest network will find out and then they might know about it but then that, the buck stops there who else would value from learning that knowledge and i really want to focus in on that do it in a very intellectual way make people feel comfortable to share their story anonymously so that they can get it off their chest and you know going through these experiences is very individual and it's very personal and I've been through some, and, and I have tons of learnings, and I'll probably jump on anonymously in some stages, share some of my findings, but it should never be taken as a negative thing. It should be taken as a chance to learn, reflect, and use that for future people to kind of utilize themselves to navigate those distorted and dangerous waters. And I'm so insanely passionate about getting this content out. And it resonates. And where I've taken a stance as my personal brand moving forward from all my experiences is that transparency to me is so valuable. And transparency is often distorted. Some parts are just transparent, some parts are not bullshit. I want to find a way to do this cleverly. And my brand moving forward and what I will take a stance on and everything that I associate myself with, Hack and Yoga, moving forward in my life is to be employee first, employee centric. All these founders, companies rave about how their employees are so valuable, so important. And then look at what's happening now with coronavirus. But it's amazing and it's interesting because there's two sides to every single coin. On one side, businesses need to survive. These are maneuvers that are kind of have to be done. And employees are expendable. And I don't think employees should take that for granted. Like, you know, you're there for a job. A company is renting your time to deliver results. And don't ever take that for granted. The minute, the second, and even the, 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 the hour that you're not delivering value, you're in jeopardy. And I think, you know, the tides have turned a little bit. And I think employees should be aware that you need to be adding value or else me as an employer renting your time to deliver value to my business and our business, you know, that's what you're there for. The second that you're not doing that is the second you're not as valuable to me. And that's a very honest two-way conversation 
Vice versa, I think employees have taken, or many more employees have taken this stance of employee perks, you know, people operations, making it an amazing place to work. Yes, that's important. And yes, you should always feel inspired to go to work and be with amazing colleagues, but don't take it for granted. And you, I hear stories now, even recently, where you know you see people sharing their stories about being heartbroken about work why are you getting that close and emotional to your work being passionate about something and the technology and what you're working on is one thing but almost blaming some companies for putting you in these situations and this kind of taps softly into the employee confession because there's two sides there's the employee version and there's the company or the founder version and there's always reasons for and against and i think we should be very open-minded to perspective and don't ignore that but i really can't wait to tap into these things but i do find that shift very strange and i think employees need to wake up you need to be focusing on building value for yourself focusing on your own health i've seen people burn out i burned out myself because i loved what i did and i overextended myself for my company that i did not have ownership of let's not kid ourselves out there either employees out there we are in always essence a number in a company if you're not doing a side hustle, building your own unique value, building your own type of business on the side or a thing that you control and you own 100 or at least more than 50%, then you are playing Russian roulette. You're playing a game with time. So how can we use this podcast, these information, this, this conversations to build a network, build a tribe around employees that are you know, the podcast focus is like, this is content. This is a podcast built by employees for employees. But I'm going to stop. And those are the three chapters, the employee evangelist, the unsung hero, and the employee confession, all part of the main overarching podcast, the un or unsung hero, because all those people in all those chapters are unsung heroes in one shape or another. Either you're brave to share your story as a confession, either you're a really early stage employee that has been valuable or invaluable in building that company, learning that knowledge, and then wanting to do something with it and share that story, or you're an evangelist who has found a way to embody the values of your company that you work with by bringing something new to the table, but leveraging that relationship two ways to build your own unique brand brand or unique value which you keep and the company cannot touch but the company likes it because they can benefit from it and that is a synergistic relationship that i think we all need to really zoom in on especially moving forward in 2020 Whew, that was a lot of info i hope you're excited as i am i am so excited and pumped to launch this it's been a huge making in process and um I love feedback. I cannot wait to hear what you think. The first episodes as we roll through are kind of new, getting our feet grounded, but you know, moving forward, the episodes will get stronger, the content will get stronger, the quality of sound will get stronger. Coronavirus has been interesting to do this in uh, fully remote. Thank you everyone for listening. I am so excited to see where this goes. Um, love you and leave you. Uh, and here we go. Unsung Heroes 2020. Let's rock and roll. Peace out.